0: want to talk this morning about the inspired word. And as we look at what Paul said to this young man, he's mentoring, I think to get it into the right context uh, of what we're going to look at this morning, we'll just read from uh, 2 Timothy 2 verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous time shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive, silly woman laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. But that was fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came on to me at Antioch and an Iconium in Iconium and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now we go into our text this morning. Okay, this isn't working, Rob, so you go to the next one for me. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture. You go to the next one for me. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let me just trust the Lord to bless His Word to our heart this morning. You know, reading that and listening to what's going on in the world, particularly in our own lands, you can see that not only was Paul's warning, relevant for Timothy to take on board and be careful. But it's relevant, I would say, even more so for us today. Lovers of sales, things which aren't natural, are becoming common in our society. I don't know if you know or not, but in Scotland, there's trying to pass a bill, and it's called the Gender Recognition Bill. And if a man decides he wants to be a woman, he'll get this certificate and he'll be allowed to go into women's toilets. And the only thing I can say is, I hope he doesn't try and go in when my wife or my children are in the toilet because he's not going to get past me. And there's other things I could tell you about today. Well, the Word of God is, is being described as an antiquated book, which is irrelevant for today's society. And although it's not the same words that were used in Paul's day, But it's the same feeling, trying to quench and trying to put down the Word of God. And we can hear all sorts of reports. And you know, when you hear a report from someone, you know, and you hear these reports, particularly in the news today, I would suggest, what you've got to remember when we listen to these reports, read these reports, or hear on the media, we need to understand that these reports will either be objective or subjective. Now, I know you do know but we'll say anyway. Objective means of a person or their judgment, not influenced by personal feelings or opinions in considering and representing facts. To be subjective means to be based on or influenced by personal feelings, tastes or opinions or beliefs. And you know, for me, statistics are a prime example of subjective reporting, as it were. His figures can be manipulated to suit a person's own opinions. You know, I remember one report I had when I was studying at the Open University, we had to do a unit on statistics, and there was one came out, and it was that religion is dying in the United Kingdom. And they quoted a number of attendances falling in what they termed the four main churches. And... I don't know their facts were right or not, but I certainly know through friends that particularly the Presbyterian Church in in England especially is growing and thriving. But anyhow, when you read something like that, particularly statistics, as I've said, look at the source. Look at who drew up these statistics. And these statistics were drawn up by the Great Britain Atheist Association. And so they can't say that was an objective survey. It was a subjective survey. It was influenced by their opinions. I'm not gonna go into it in great detail the way we had to, but even their questions were were, were laced as it were so that they would get the answers that they wanted. And so you need to be careful when you hear things like that. History. History is taught by men and it's it's mostly subjective. If there are two sides, you'll hear two versions of the events. Look at our own land today. Terrorists are being made out to be heroes, and those that stood against them are being made out to be criminals, trying to rewrite the history of our own little land. And again, their view of it is subjective. Even the media today report on the news and current affairs. My own personal opinion is it's not objective what we're getting to hear. What we hear is influenced by the opinions of the particular television channel or the reporter. And sadly, in my opinion, the majority are leftist socialists. And so, we've got to be careful when we hear all these reports. But you know, Paul gave Timothy a sure foundation to stand on. Because Timothy would have been hearing all these uh, arguments against Paul's teaching and, and, and the apostles' teaching. And Paul gave them a sure foundation to stand on. And we have that sure foundation to stand on today. Because you see, the Word of God is different to any report that you will... The Bible we have is different to any report that you will receive. Why? Because it is inspired. It is inspired by God. And it has stood the time... stood, sorry, the test of time and analysis. You know, for... Oh, from the Bible was written even back as far, Moses, when he quoted the the, the laws, it was always challenged. And that lets us know that to have survived over 2,000 years, God's Word must have been inspired. All other great writers of their, their day have come and gone and their writings have went with them, but the Word of God has endured and will endure forever. And you know, just like like we, we looked at as we, we studied water baptism, we said that the words of Jesus are Yea and Amen. We can trust the Bible because it's inspired by God. And when we read the Bible, we've got to remember it is divine revelation. It is divine revelation. And so, what should our attitude be? You see, sadly, there are people. And they believe that it's important to have a Bible in the house. I know many people who have never been through a church door and and they have a Bible. Some of them, it's an old family Bible uh, that has been passed down through the generations. But you know the sad fact is, they don't think it's that important that they're going to read it. It's as if one commentator said, people today kind of worship the Bible in the sense that, if I can pronounce this right, he called it bibliolatry. In other words, making an idol of this Bible sitting in a prominent place in their house. But the point is, it's never opened. And so it's more important, I don't know what they think they will achieve, with just having a Bible in the house. So we ask, what is the Bible then? Well, for me, the Bible is the living word. The Bible is the law of life. And as Paul said, it is the inspired word of God. What we have is the inspired Word of God. And because it's being attacked, we need to understand that it is the inspired Word of God. It mightn't fit in with what men want today. You know, there's many new translations coming out that are taking things out which men today find offensive. The most popular Bible being sold today has 64,000 words missing from it. And you know, for me, the, the, the one line in it which baffles me why it doesn't offend some Christians is where they refer to Jesus as the capstone. The capstone contains the eye of Horus. Jesus is the firm foundation stone. He is the cornerstone, and he is not the capstone. And so these translations are coming out, and they're being subjective in the sense that they, they, they are trying to fit in with the thoughts of men. Again, the Queen James Bible taking out all references to homosexuality. Trying to please men today. But we can't take bits out. Once you start cutting bits out of your Bible, it becomes of none effect. And whether we, as mankind, likes the Bible or not, it is the Word of God. And we'll see and prove it is the Word of God. Because the Bible is a specific revelation. You know, people set out to study the Bible and try and master its teachings just as they would study history, philosophy, anatomy, and the sciences and many other subjects. But you know, a lot of people that I've spoke to in studying the Bible, they became frustrated when they don't understand everything overnight. You know, you can study history and you can take in quite a lot. You can study philosophy and all the other things. You're definitely not going to take in everything, but you begin to understand things. But you know, with the Bible... I know uh, when I was first saved, you know, I couldn't stop reading, and I was reading, and I was reading, and I thought, I'm taking nothing in. And you all remember Raymond Beatty. Raymond Beatty used to give me a book every Sunday, and it ended up, he gave me two books to read every Sunday. I was just so hungry, but I was so frustrated because I, I was reading so much, and I wasn't able to take it in. And it can happen like that. But the danger for people who are like that is they begin to listen to and believe those that say the Bible is a mass of unrelated material filled with contradictions. And the problem is that they are natural people attempting to understand spiritual things. And something I learned that I had to develop, I had to grow up, I had to take the milk of the Word, and I had to seek God help me understand the Word. And even now, I can stand here today and tell you, I don't know everything there is to know about the Word of God. In fact, my knowledge of the Word of God is minimal. No one will ever fathom its wonder. So natural men are trying to understand spiritual things, and Paul spoke of this. Let's see if I can go here. There we go. First Corinthians 2 and 14. He said, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And you know, we can talk about the Bible with, with people, and we need to understand this: they are natural men, and they don't understand the things of the Spirit of God. They've been blinded by Satan, and we need to understand this. <coughs> but when we understand this, we need to take that responsibility ourselves. Because there are those that are natural men trying to understand spiritual things. On the other hand, when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, God opens their eyes to the Word of God. They find inexhaustible truths opening up to them. Church, I just f- fascinated with the Bible when I read it. And, and you know, I obviously study a, a, a lot, but I like to have sort of a little devotion where I try and read a chapter, maybe depending on the size of the chapter, a couple of chapters. And I always see something that I didn't see before. And there's never another book has been written can do that to you. The greatest writers of all time. But when you look at the Bible, you can read it for 40 years. And you look at it one night and you'll see something you didn't see. You'll understand something you didn't understand. That tells me and shows me that this word is inspired by God. You can discover amazing unity and beautiful symmetry in God's message. You can see a a magnificent interrelationship between its 66 books. You know, a lot of people, I'm sure you know, think that the Old Testament is irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. The Old Testament tells us and shows us God's interaction with His people, shows us the fall of men, and the New Testament shows us the fulfillment of the Old Testament. They are interrelated and cannot be separated. Each one makes his contribution towards the overall thing of God's redemptive purpose for fallen man and how that purpose is culminated in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we mean by the term revelation? You know, if a specific revelation from God to a person takes place, that person's understanding, which has been darkened by sin, will be illuminated. Will be illuminated. And spiritual illumination means the bringing of heavenly light into the soul or life of a person who was born in spiritual darkness and who has lived in that darkness. This is a ministry of God's Spirit to illuminate our minds so that we can understand God's Word. And in sincere desire and honesty, true believers will always pray, Open thy mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Honestly, when you read the Bible, church, is that your prayer? Do you say, Lord, open? Do you just open it and and guilty? Sometimes just read and close it again. Yes, guilty. But what I try to do and try to remember to do is just to pray that little prayer, Lord, open my eyes, that I may behold wondrous things. Of thy law. And so, to receive illumination from God in regard to the meaning of the Bible, we've got to be faithful to the light or understanding what we're receiving. If our motive of our study is spiritual pride, causing us to be puffed up with our intellectual grasp of the Bible, you're going to grieve the Holy Spirit within you. We've got to be careful to apply scriptural knowledge we receive to our everyday lives. It's so important to, to, to take what you read, to take what God has shown to you, to take what you hear in the house of the Lord and to apply it to your lives. If, if it's just for knowledge, then that's sad. I told you before I knew a, a, a scholar and I have nothing but the greatest admiration and thank God for scholars because we have the Word of God because of scholars and I don't put them down in any way, shape or form. I'm talking about one individual. One individual. And he was more or less taking the Bible apart one day and just a little conversation we're having. And I I asked him, I said, you know, you saying the Word of God isn't the Word of God? And he said, yes, it is. And I said, well, do you agree with me that it's the inspired Word of God? And he says, yes, and he quoted Paul. And I says, then why do you think that God inspires you today? changed something that he inspired Paul to write 2,000 years ago. And of course, he got all defensive and thought it was attacking him. But you know, you can have so much knowledge that you, you begin to think you're greater than God. You begin to think you're wiser than God. Our attitude every time we come to open the Bible is, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things in thy law. The Bible is also progressive revelation. It's not only specific revelation of God to mankind, it's progressive revelation. When we begin a systematic study of the Bible, we discover that it is a gradual unfolding of God's purpose and plan. You know, one thing, you know, I do love it, I've said it many times, is the kingdom, what they call the kingdom message of British Israel. And I see God's promise to Abraham. And I bring that promise right through the scriptures, right into modern day, and see the fulfillment of God's word. That fascinates me. And this is like, a, you know, when you study, you see that pattern, you see that unfolding pattern, you see different things. And that's what I said earlier on about we kind of want to open the Bible and understand everything right away. You know, when we go to school, the first thing they teach you in school is not quantum physics. They teach you to learn gradually how to read and how to write. You know, I'm glad I don't have to do homeworks. I did one or two with my grandchildren. The way they learn today is different. Spellings, it's not, you know, spell bat, B-A-T. It's something like ba-a-t. And I think, with your mommy comes and she can do it. <laughs> but they're learning a lot more than we learn, I'll tell you that. But you see what I mean by progressive? The progressive development of our minds begins in school as far as secular education is concerned. But we've got to understand it's the same with God's Word. We learn line upon line, precept upon precept, a little here, a little there. And the Word of God is just so open, just so full of God's wonder that if we really sit down and read it and and take it in and see what God has for our lives, we can be so blessed. The Old Testament, you many people say that the Old Testament is again antiquated language and particularly a King James Version, that old excuse they use. But the Old Testament uses a lot of symbolism to reveal the Lord to His chosen. And that's important to understand. You see, when God gives his word, it was to his people. It was to his people. Their enemies could never understand it. But they knew the symbolism that God was using. The prophets used symbolism that the people would understand. When, uh, wasn't it, I'm probably going to get this wrong, was Elijah came to the king and told the king all that was happening? The king knew rightly that Elijah was having a go at him. He knew the symbolism that Elijah was using. Then we go to the New Testament and Jesus came amongst God's people to reveal what God is like. And again, Jesus taught in parables and symbols. And again, not everyone understood. Even his own disciples at times asked him, what was the meaning of that, Lord? But the, but the, the the Pharisees, the scribes, the leaders of the day, they knew what he was getting at because that's why they got angry. He was letting them know what they were like. You're talking about Uh, systematic studies. There's a scarlet thread that runs right through the Bible, and it begins in the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden, where the blood of an innocent animal was shed to provide coverings for the nakedness of Adam and Eve after they sinned. And from that, the Lord has shown mankind that we cannot hide our sins from Him, and neither can we remedy the condition of our sin. Only the Lord can do it. And you can follow that scarlet thread. that's just woven its way through the Bible into the glorious climax and culmination which flows to Calvary, which fulfills every symbol of the Old Testament. The fulfillment of all God's plan for the redemption of men. We can see right from Genesis, right through into the Gospels. The New Testament is a book bathed in blood, the vicarious redemptive blood of our crucified Lord. And you know, many may be revealed by this, revealed, sorry, by this. Critics of the New Testament, they turn away from it. But without the power of God progressively revealed in scriptures, flowing forth in the shed blood of his son, then there is no power to save fallen man. Therefore, God has progressively turned on the light of our understanding. You know, the first promise of God in Scripture was found in Genesis 3:15. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and shall bruise thy head, and I shall bruise his heel. This shows the anticipation of a completed redemption and the first act of worship towards Calvary for mankind. The Bible is also an inspired revelation. In addition to being a specific revelation, a progressive revelation, it is also an inspired revelation. And you know, for us, without an acknowledgement of the divine inspiration of Scripture, the Bible will become little more than an anthology of history, myth, and superstition. So the word inspiration is found twice in the King James Version of the Bible. Firstly, it's found in Job 32 and 8. But there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. And then obviously our reading all scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. The reference in Job 32, verse 8, refers to God's authorship of humanity's intelligence. And then in 2 Timothy 3, 16, it uses inspired to mean God breathed. This suggests that God communicated his word directly into the minds of its authors. And when we speak of the inspiration of the whole Bible, we refer to those original documents as they came from the pens of these various authors. We know we don't have the original manuscripts, but one thing we can be certain of, the same Holy Spirit who inspired the writers in the beginning will preserve the truth of Scriptures. I read... An article which said, "Translators are not inspired in the sense that the originals were, so their choice of words and phrases may not always be completely accurate." Well, I would say God can inspire translators to translate His word. It's when they start criti- criticizing and, and, and taking away parts of God 's word, then I would say they 're not inspired. But I thank God for the inspiration of the reformers. I thank God for the inspiration of the men who King James allocated to give us the King James Bible. I believe these men were inspired by God. They were men of their generation. They were men who, in a particular time in history, as God's plan unfolded, were there and God used them. And God can use us today if we stand by his word. How was God's word inspired? It wasn't by common inspiration in the same way that some human uh, literary genius was inspired. God gave his thoughts to individual writers and they expressed them within the framework of their own unique personalities. Men of God and women of God spoke in old times as they were moved or inspired by the Holy Ghost. Second Peter 2, and 1, uh, 2 Peter one twenty one, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Since John penned the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book in the Bible, God has not given any new or further, well, some say he's not given any new or further revelation to mankind. I don't agree with that, but he's not given any further books because there's no more to add on. You know, revelation comes to the culmination of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we don't need an extra chapter 23 in Revelation. and We don't need an extra book. God, what God wanted man to know, what God wanted man to see is enshrined in what we have today, the Bible. It is inspired by him. It is kept by him. And down through the ages, he has made sure that it is retained within his church. God's will for his people for the ages is contained in the Bible. Everything people need to know to be saved from their sins, to live a Christian life, it is in God's Word. We don't need people adding on things. There's nothing to add on. Salvation, the Word of God teaches us, is only in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not in man. It's not in what church you attend. It's not in what doctrines you hold to. Doctrine doesn't save you. There are people sitting here this morning They believe that when you die, you go to heaven. I don't. I believe soul sleep. But that doesn't mean I'm a Christian and they're not. There's people here this morning, they're Trinitarians. I'm not. I'm a oneness believer. doesn't mean that I'm saved and you're not. But whenever you start to say that you can find some other way to be saved, well, then we'll disagree because there's only one way to be saved, and it's through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe the Bible-specific in teaching that. I believe that when the Lord comes back in glory, there's going to be people saying, what's he doing here? And what's she doing here? It's like the old joke. I'm sure you've heard it many times. This man died and went to heaven. Peter was showing him around. And he said, this particular house was having a party. He says, when we go past here, I want you to be very quiet. So they tiptoes past the house. And the man's curiosity got the best of him, and he said why did we have to tiptoe past that house and he says well I believe they're the only ones up here we don't want to spoil it for them doctrine won't save you folks it's important believe me I believe doctrine's important but it won't save you It's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word of God is specific about that. The word of God is specific that men are sinners by birth and men need a savior. And the word of God shows that God provided a savior. Just like he told Abraham when Abraham was about to slay Isaac and Isaac, the Lord stayed his hand. And whenever actually Isaac asked Abraham, where's the sacrifice? He said, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. And he did. He came down and died amongst us. People are lost and condemned in their sins, but the Bible tells them that God loves them, and he demonstrated his love in the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. All they need to do is accept by faith the message of the living word of God. The word of God's challenged every day. Those of you on social media, I don't know if you've seen the thing that's gone wrong. with this Atheists, this minister put up a quote from an atheist and he said it's a greatest testimony of uh, the, the actual reality of a God. And in this writing that this atheist wrote, he said, when you look at the universe, the expansion of the universe, so many billion light years wide and so many billion planets and so many billion stars, and this atheist says, and you're trying to tell me the God who created all this loves you Yes, He does. (laughs) And that makes it amazing. When you look at the creation, and again, the Bible confirms the creation, and God is our creator. And then when you look at what He created, and when you understand from the Word of God what He created, and then you understand that Almighty God who did all this became a man that He might die for your sins. Surely that brings a blessing to your life. Surely that brings an appreciation that you are going to serve him, an appreciation that you want to know him more, an appreciation that you're going to search his word. And in searching his word with love, you're going to share his love with mankind. People out there need to be shown the love of God. Lies are being destroyed by what is becoming acceptable in society today. Lies are being destroyed. Young men and young women, they don't know who they are. And they're afraid to speak up in case they get labeled with one of these negative labels that society puts upon you. You know, one lady, I was listening to that report about what the Scottish government are trying to do, and she said that the law, this is a Scottish politician who didn't agree with them, but she said, the law states that if I'm in a woman's toilet and a man comes in and I complain, I can be taken to court for homophobia. Is it just me? I don't know. I mean, oh Lord, the world's in a mess and they need Jesus. And we can show them that through the word of God, that God loves them and died for them. That God created them as he wanted them created. That God's design and plan for them was to be what he wanted them to be. And when they turn to him, they will get that identity in their life, which they're lacking now. They will get that love and that hope in their life that they're searching for, trying all these different things which society seems to think is normal. But you know something? They won't find peace. They won't find the peace of God, which we have, which passes all understanding. So church, let us stand for the word of God. Let us not compromise. Let's stand in love, not in bigotry. Let's stand in love and let's stand on the principle of that we believe the word of God has been divinely inspired by him. And we are going to say yea and amen to God and to his love for us. Let's stand in his presence.